Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by... Andy Germuga. Number one, get well soon, Isabel Huppert, Stan Cullen, Ashley. Emilio Diaz. All right, we've got a great episode today. Mm -hmm. Uh, A little later, we're going to talk about a couple of European film festivals, one of which I saw some movies at, one of which uh, none of us have, but... It's important, yeah. so we're going to try to talk about it anyway. Sure. Uh, yeah, we're, as you heard, rejoined by Emilio, who is uh, on his phone, so it's going to sound how it sounds. I'm calling in from Berlin. No. That's yeah. <laughs> You're calling in for Berlin where you yeah, just we... happen to be. You've not seen any movies. Yeah. yeah. Emilio's just pumping right. out of Berlin. Emilio's yeah. there administering COVID tests. <laughs> well, I've, I've really been just been clubbing. Oh. There's a film festival mm. going on. <laughs> yeah. But first. Yeah. But first, we've got a couple of tidbits of news. Uh, that one of which happened last week and we missed it, and one of which is kind of a follow up to last week. Uh, <laughs> so uh, to last week's too early can predictions, that is. Um, so first, uh, some of you may have heard, uh, Director's Fortnite, which is, of course, one of, uh, one of the two big, uh, independent sidebars, uh, that happens during Can. uh, we talked a, symbiotic a little bit about... relationship with Can. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's interesting to think about what their relationship is with and what it might become because what has happened is that uh, after only uh, three years right uh, two of which were pandemic years right yes like, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, Paolo Moretti will be stepping down uh, as the uh, leader of the director's flirt night and they are also planning to overhaul the section uh including a name change seems to be in the cards uh so moretti is gonna finish up doing 2022 uh which like certainly isn't done yet because like uh they take stuff that gets rejected from can competition and that is not done yet so they can't be done um they usually announce like within a week after can announces their lineup um but like especially those french movies i think like a couple of them that are kind of in the mix and don't get picked for competition usually it's just like well let's do directors fortnite um but yeah it's it's not clear like what their goal is with this overhaul um or like if they even have a goal right now or if it's just like as part of the hiring process they're gonna be taking pitches right uh 
But the one thing that is in uh, this Green Daily article uh, on the announcement is that uh, apparently some in the French film industry have considered Moretti's lineups, of which there have only been two, because there was no director's for there wasn't even a fake director's Fortnite in 2020, like can. Um, apparently are considered by some in the French film industry uh, to be too esoteric, which uh, doesn't make any sense to me, because there is not a... Uh, I, I, like, looked at, like, his two years and the two years before him, and there's not, like, a noticeable difference. Um, they all just have, like, a few movies that, uh, get, like, international attention. Um, I mean, they, <laughs> interestingly, and th we'll get to this in our next little bit, they all have had a single A24 movie. Uh, sure. And then, yeah, it's usually, like, one or two other English-language movies and, like, some other non-English stuff that gets international traction. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if that is their issue and why he has stepped down, I would say I am vaguely concerned about uh, the direction uh, that they might be going in just given like how valuable they are as like sort of a uh like a supplement to the official selection it can like i i feel like we've talked about before that like there are years where it feels like the french movies that play at directors fortnite are better than the french movies that play uh in competition yeah. And so I don't know. I, this is just like a, a we'll see. Like it, it sure. sounds like some of the language that like Locarno has used, and like, uh, you know, Locarno is also still kind of in like a we'll see position. Um, but like last year, which I think they did like specifically say, there were some attempts to like be more accessible and I think there's a, like have been not totally successful attempts to like be more friendly to genre cinema not only at Locarno but like even like I feel like Sundance has been more genre forward than it has been in the past the last few years which is interesting um and then yeah only like other note I had on this is that uh, speaking of hearing that selections have been uh, too esoteric, I have heard similar things about uh, Carlos Chatrian at Berlin, who we'll talk more about later. Um, and one would hope that if you have all these other festivals potentially trying to be uh, more uh accessible that like there is also room for him to do the thing that he does i almost you know yeah it's too early to like be presumptuous but there have been kind of like rumors of 
uh, discontent around Berlin as well. Mm. Um, My only question is, like, where do more mainstream selections come from? Like, it's like, where are you going to pull those movies out of? Yeah, I mean, I think it is just, like, you take, like, genre stuff that, like, isn't as good, but, like, might be easier to, like, sell to a buyer. Just, like, I don't know, it's like, you know, I guess you'd rather have a movie that sells to Shudder than that just uh, plays and then is never heard from again. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it all seems very weird to me. Yeah. I wonder if it's a case where, like, we're not getting quite the right translation of what their, like, issues are or something. I I mean, also, like, just, like, this is a thing you get from following sports of just, like, trusting the hearsay after somebody's been, like, fired or, like, that was maybe not, never, like, the most accurate place to, like, Get sure. information about what sure. what things happened exactly. Yeah. Or, like, what were the expectations beforehand and stuff like that. Sure. And, I mean, like, yeah, it makes more sense, at least, with Shatrian. Like, he is, I wouldn't describe it as too esoteric. I would describe it as perhaps adventurous in a way that directors Fortnite, which has had s- several pretty good movies recently, isn't really um so i at least like see what people are getting at there um but yeah it is entirely possible that just like there's something entirely different going on yeah and also Um, like with berlin it's like you could with berlin you could probably make the argument of like i don't know you're one of you're one of the like five biggest film festivals in the world there could be like bigger stuff for the picking out there for you Whereas with sure. I mean, there like, hadn't really time. been recently. Like, I feel like, you know, Berlin certainly feels, like, more relevant than it did three years ago. But, like, it's easy to... S- I think it's less even about being, like, mainstream to American audiences as it is just, like, again, like, stuff that will sell to someone for something. Um, but yeah, I don't know. More on director's Fortnite. I think they said that, uh, the replacement is expected to start in November. So, I guess we'll know something by then. It's a long process. Long hiring process. I'm officially throwing my hat in the ring. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll do it. We could collectively do it. I mean, we would no, kill I'm each out. other, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah also, yeah, I don't know if we want to, like, Colin's split a, a salary. I don't, yeah, no, they pay, they'd pay us all full salaries. If, yeah, if you'll pay all of us full salaries, then we will do it as a quadrumvirate or no, a triumvirate no. minus Cullen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want more or nothing. I don't even know what it is. Cullen is the uh, the John DiMaggio terms. of our of the podcast. <laughs> the baseball player? <laughs> no, from Futurama, who voices Bender. He's famously holding out for more money for the. Okay, sure. I was like, I think it's Joe DiMaggio, buddy. <laughs> and I, I believe you mean the ball player. Um, sure. But yeah. So that's that. And then the other thing is just, like, this line of thinking was prompted by 
uh, a tweet from Ion Cinema that then just kind of made me think more about some of the stuff we talked about last week. Uh, so they tweeted that uh, Stars at Noon is currently editing and is not going to be ready for Cam this year, which is not surprising. And as this is I the said, second like, Claire Denis movie, to be yes, clear. Yes, the other Claire Denis movie. Not that surprising. I also don't necessarily feel like it would have gotten in it can even if it had been ready but it does like leave the question of like where is it going to premiere because like director's uh... fortnite <laughs> you think it'll be ready yeah, for it's director's gonna be fortnite? ready for not ready for can but will be ready for director's fortnite um but yeah because just like you know, High Life had that TIFF gala that was like disastrous. Famously a disaster. I was there. Yeah. Heard the, all yeah, the chairs there. slumping the whole night long. Yeah. Denis uh, Didn't see, come apparently was genuinely upset. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. So, like, and then also, like, A24 has been kind of weird with Venice, uh, which we've talked about. And so, like, New York kind of a new york gala would make some sense they also could just wait for berlin next year and do that again sure um, she doesn't have anything then, else like lined up right like you know um i mean you know she could but sure not yet um yeah. but anyway so that kind of just had me thinking about what the root of that uh weirdness between a24 and venice was and so what we've I, I've said before that what I am under the impression happened in uh, 2019 uh, is that we know from what uh, Barbara has said that, like, they really wanted First Cow. And what it seems like happened is that A24 was like, if you want First Cow, you have to also take Uncut Gems and Waves for it to be worth us sending our marketing team there. Wow. Uh, and they just were like, no thank you. Um, and just had those three movies at Telluride, which was not a good place for them, uh, as Telluride would be not a good place for the stars at noon. Uh, but... Uh, a mistake by Venice, by the way, because it's like, Joker won that year. Uncle Gems could have won. Uncle Gems could have found the found. I mean, I there. assume. I mean, they they had heaven knows what. I assume Waves was the bridge too far. What? <laughs> yeah. Did they all have to be in competition too, or like? Yes, they, they were like right. all. No, they said all of them in competition. Sure. Is what Can I've heard. Uh, but Jones. anyway, just like Waves could have looking... won. Something, I feel like. Again, if Joker by the standards the Joker of Joker, way, you Joker's could always maybe better than Waves. That's no, tough. That, that's that's a real. I, that's a real. I'm I don't sure want Not true. I don't. That's a real. You don't want to make me just pick. Uh, that's like a real like. Give me a gun. Yeah. Force me to shoot it's one. A, I'll yeah. shoot myself. It is a hellish double feature. Is what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like truly. I don't think you can make it out alive <laughs> of a double feature of Joker and Waves in either order. Uh, write into us and tell us in which order you would rather watch Joker and Waves. Maybe we'll run uh, a Twitter poll. No, you have to okay. write in. Okay, fine. <laughs> 
To um, our email or like anyway? Can they tweet anywhere. at us? Anywhere. Right. Yeah, you can do a whatever letter. you want. Do we, no, have we, a we don't. We don't just want <laughs> like results. We want your, we want reasoning. We want right. like a yeah. full talk us response. through it. Talk us through the the after. Yeah, the tweet at Andy T. Germ. <laughs> I mean, fine. Hashtag the Joker. Hashtag Snyder Cut. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. Hashtag <laughs> Army. Hashtag Taylor Swift. <laughs> Just get all the get as many eyeballs on this as you can. Right, yeah, really get the stands eyes on my Twitter. Thank you for you at Joe Rogan. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. But so that just kind of had me thinking about like what A twenty four's slate is for the rest of the year, which we also talked a little bit about uh, on that uh, uh, too early can predictions episode. But it is like. Yeah. Looking at, like, what they have in post, uh, it is, like, it's easy to see, like, there are just, like, better fits for Venice. Like, uh, looking at, like, D- the Dini and then the Aronofsky, who he has been at Venice another time, a number of times. Jonathan Glazer has been at Venice once or twice. Uh, and then Kelly Reichert, who could certainly you know i think i said feels kind of like time for can but if that doesn't happen she's been in competition at venice too that like if they make a similar offer to venice and there is not bad blood it seems much more likely it is easier to imagine venice saying yeah we can do that uh this year and then that then i was just kind of like in that process just looking at uh what else they have in post and thinking about like what different festival fits would be uh there's alex garland has his movie which is coming out in may so that have to be can but might be a good fit for uh that a24 director's fortnight slot as might joanna hogg who took it last year and has another movie that she uh, shot in 2020 with Tilda Swinton, that I think is like a like a haunted house movie uh, called yeah, The Eternal it's like a ghost Daughter. Movie that shot in COVID. Yeah, yeah, uh, and like another maybe option for that slot uh, is uh, there's the Ari Aster who like is just like interesting to think about where that might premiere just because midsummer is nowhere and you wonder if they will do that again or if they'll want to do a festival uh thinking about uh the, the other movie that actually does have a venice connection is that uh the fits anna rose homer's first movie i'd forgotten did actually premiere at a sidebar in Venice uh, before it did like Sundance and all the uh, U.S. festivals. Uh, and she has her movie that she co-directed with Sila Davis, who I think edited The Fits. Um, uh, and who's in that? It's Emily Watson and Paul Meskel, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, and then there's other stuff like there's still <laughs> Lila Newcombe's movie. Uh, and then two other movies Red that we water, didn't, two other movies that we didn't talk about during our year preview that I, maybe we mentioned the first one that I'm actually quite excited for. Um, 
Maybe we did mention the Julio Torres movie. We did. Uh, the, yeah. That, yeah, Tilda Swinton is also in. Um, that's, uh, like, where's that going to be? Uh, and then the other movie, which I don't think we've mentioned at all, is uh, Past Lives, written and directed by Celine Song, who is a playwright uh, that I really like. Uh, and that uh, stars Greta Lee and Tao Yu. Uh, Tao Yu is like someone who uh, has like a weird career uh, of being in like different international movies. Uh, like he did Leto, uh, uh, which was the Kirill Serebrennikov movie about like rock music. Uh, right. He's in. Uh, Day Night, Day Night, the Julia Loktev movie. Um, and yeah, those are kind of his big, like, international things. Um, John Magaro is also in yes, that one. Yes, John Magaro is also in it. Um, uh, but yeah, that's something I'm excited for. And, like, it's just, like, it is weird thinking about where these movies might premiere, given that, like, a24 has in the past been very reliant on Sundance, which, like, they did have a couple movies at, but is not potentially harder to sell a filmmaker on, given that right. it's not in person. Are uh, any of these, uh, do we know, like, if any of them are part of the Apple deal? No. Are they, like, they Apple movies? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. Um, and like, like, obviously, and then like, there's also the Showtime yeah, deal. Like, I mean, we don't any know movie could added. unexpectedly become a Showtime movie with no announcement. Yeah, I would imagine I some of these will. Um, sure. And like the other, and like similarly, like Toronto, I think they've usually had a mo few movies at. And like, it sounds like Toronto, at least it, it sounds like there will be a stronger in-person only element this year. Is the plan? Whether or not we've talked a ton about what's going on at Toronto. Um, so, like, that might be more back in play for them this year. Uh, and that might just be the answer for a lot of these. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, just is or when are A24 going to put out any film just regardless of festival status is a question right now so it's just like what's happening with them are these movies gonna be viewable by anyone it's just like right. a thing i am keeping in the front of my mind by the way it seems like souvenir part two now available for purchase on vod wow. if you've been waiting on that one at least on certain services um <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, gonna get it's a great movie mode tv <laughs> It's gonna get pulled down tomorrow, just to spite us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, you missed the window. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You can so only get it at the... Acting like it's a supreme drop. <laughs> yes. You can and only I get it part... at the New York Public Library. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm seeing on my Apple TV app is it's currently purchased for fourteen ninety nine and available for rent March 15th. 
So one month from our date of recording. One month. God, no one's better than A24 at releasing a movie. (laughs) 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 I guess you can buy it now for $15. Okay. (laughs) What if I just want to rent it? Well, give us a month. These movies that we just talked about will all be available to watch in 2024. (laughs) Yeah. Um, God, what a fucking mess. Next week, we're going to do the Neon Report. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it could be yeah. a plane chicken, just like, yeah, I bet you won't buy it for $15, you fucking fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you'll wait a month. I'm gonna wait a month to rent it. Like, it's been on Showtime this whole time, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you just check? We've been arrogant in chunks after Yellow Jackets episodes. Yeah. Not telling anyone. You stooge. <laughs> you get out of this whole time. It's only been airing on Showtime Latino? <laughs> we only play them after reruns for old May- Mayweather fights. Right. <laughs> what you have to do is you have to go try to watch on the streaming service old episodes of Twin Peaks, and then actually it plays instead of those episodes of Twin yeah. Peaks. <laughs> I was trying to watch the new episode of Power, but they played Red Rocket. I know that stars don't don't at me. I know it's stars. It was just for the joke. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. All right. Part two of the um, new ending of Dexter. Okay. <laughs> That was worth it. Jesse, continue. Yeah, I mean, I think we're ready for me to talk about uh, Rotterdam, at which my main takeaway, despite that I saw several very good movies, was that I am not even going to attempt to do a virtual film festival ever again, because they just fucking suck. Um... Uh, yeah, it's un- very unpleasant. Um, but yeah, <laughs> as I said... <laughs> okay, I saw do you want me to of... fight with you about that? I can, if you want no, to. No, <laughs> that's fine. I mean, no, I don't want All to right, fight great. with you. It just <laughs> is the truth that I find it to be extremely unpleasant and will never do... I'm not saying they shouldn't happen, I'm just saying I hate them. Um... I mean, I don't think it should happen to the exclusion of in-person ones, but I have no problem with them existing. Um, but yeah, what did I see at Rotterdam? Um, I guess I started with a movie that ended up winning, uh, one of the honorable mention prizes, uh, from the Tiger competition, uh, which is, uh, Excess Will Save Us. Which is a very strange film. I guess all of the Tiger Competition movies I saw were fairly strange. Um, But this movie was uh, directed by Morgana Zerlepetit, a French filmmaker uh, who um, uh, had a short film of the same name that premiered a few years ago, and that short film is just, like, the first 20 minutes of the movie, uh, which was just, like, uh, her, uh, going back to this, uh, to her hometown, uh, because there was, like, these rumors about some sort of terrorist threat, 
uh, that turned out to just be entirely fake. And that's sort of just what that first uh, bit is about. Uh, but then the, the movie as a whole kind of uh, zooms in on her family, uh, which is interesting, uh, but it just, like, is very unclear. Um, some in ways that are fine. Like, it's not clear until the end that it is, like, a, it is ultimately, like, a kind of hybrid, uh, form. Like, they're are plenty of there are people who are actually her family members in it and then there's also like uh characters who are uh her uh uncle and cousin who are just played by actors and i was not under the impression that she actually has an uncle and cousin uh necessarily uh but then there's another character who is a real person who I could tell was related to her, but took me over an hour to be like, oh, this is the director's dad, uh, who is kind of the main character of the film. Uh, and that was just, like, weird that it took that long to figure out. But it's always possible that I'm just an idiot. Um, but yeah, it's just, like, kind of like uh, weird, quirky family living in a village. Like, I think there's, there's a lot of stuff under the surface about how she, the director, did get out. Uh, and even though, like, she is not prominently in it, it's kind of clear that, like, some of these people resent that she got out and they didn't. Uh, there's, like, a fun sequence where, uh, uh, when the short gets into a short film festival in, I think, Cologne, um, her father and his girlfriend, uh, go with her to the premiere and they're just, like, just keep walking around, especially him, he just, like, keeps walking around and he's like, did you see Excess will save us? I'm so good in it, right? I'm so good, I'm a star! like getting people to take selfies with him um but yeah i don't know it's like it's like pretty fun there's like a lot of stuff going on like the the cousin character has a boyfriend who lives in another town uh who uh is a middle eastern descent and she's like embarrassed of what would happen if her family met him and just, like, of the way they talk about him. Um, but yeah, that's, like, worth checking out, I think. Um, another one I saw, uh, also from the Tiger competition, uh, The Dream and The Radio... Uh, I actually, like, all three of the movies from the Tiger competition that I saw are, uh, somewhere, I guess, on, well, I guess one of them is, like, mostly just a documentary, and this one is, like, mostly fiction, but has some, like, uh, elements of real life thrown into it, at least, in that, like, uh, the two of the main characters are, like, played by the directors and have the same last names as the directors, and I think are 
like a little bit inspired by uh, some of their lives. Uh, but it's, uh, I think I don't think I said yet. It's called "The Dream in the Radio" by uh, Renaud Dupre La Rose and Anatapia Rusiuk, uh, who are uh, Quebecois filmmakers. Um, and yeah, it's like uh, oh, like kind of a sort of this very sort of sprawling out narrative that isn't actually about that much in terms of plot. Um, about like the so there's these there's this couple played by the two directors um, who are just like that all of the characters in this movie are just like weird artists with like weird leftist politics um uh but there's this couple uh who like he works in a a video store and she like it you see her job and it looks like what she is doing is just recording a bunch of ads that will get dynamically inserted into podcasts though there's some reference to it being for the radio um uh, but then, yeah, they have, uh, this other friend, uh, who is also a weird artist with weird leftist politics, and this friend kind of catches the eye of a guy on the train who is a, uh, weird artist who is an anarchist, uh, and a... There's a lot of stuff about the situationists in this movie, which I did not really expect and have to, uh, uh, say went over my head a little bit. They, like, they kept being like, oh, Debord this, Debord that, and I was like, I guess they keep talking about Guy Debord, and then at the end I was like, oh no, this character's last name is Debord. Um, uh, but yeah, so like... It's and then there's like weird stuff where he like drops his phone, so the friend picks up the phone, and then the guy calls, and the woman and the couple, uh, Constance, it's Constance and Eugene are the couple, and then Beatrice is the friend, and Raoul Debord is the anarchist, and uh, it just like you know people getting into the anarchist hijinks uh but it is just like the interesting thing about this movie is just like how they portray uh people uh doing their artistic practices like especially like uh Raul and Constance end up meeting for reasons that are uh silly uh, and he, like, invites her to this show that he's doing, and, like, the, because his show is, like, this very, it's sort is this, like, very aggressive anarchist, uh, like, rally, almost, like, it is shot very aggressively and strangely, uh, and then also, like, the stuff where she's recording her ads, I guess, and doing other stuff at the radio station, uh, and then, like, the boyfriend is a, a writer who just, like, keeps being like, uh, yeah, I'm almost done with my book. Uh, yeah, I just, like, had fun of it. There's, like, a ton of political stuff that mostly went over my head. Uh, 
And this also, just because it was the longest movie I saw, was, like, the most frustrating experience to try and watch. I mean, also, like, Festival Scope, the platform that Rotterdam was using, is not very good. Um, like, I went to the bathroom, and it started playing again, and then would only let me rewind so far. Uh, and if it sounds like I'm complaining, it's like... I, I am <laughs> and my solution to the complaints is just like I'm not going to do this anymore as I said um, and then yeah um, there, is a, there was a new Jodie Mack short uh, we've talked about her before uh, it's the third in her Wasteland series uh, which like if we wanted to talk about her but again those first two are online and I'd imagine this will be uh, but they're, they're all shorts that are very much just, like, one thing. Uh, and this one, uh, I like this one a lot. It's just, like, uh, stop-motion footage of discs of ice with, like, leaves and flowers in them melting. Uh, yeah. Really nice. Uh, probably her work. She tends to just, like, post on Vimeo eventually. Um, at least her short work. Um, right. and then, yeah, another, uh, then two more documentaries that I saw. Uh, one of them also in the Tiger competition, um, Malinson 17, uh, which is only a little over an hour, um, and, uh, was shot in 2017, uh, in, I think, I think Malinson is, like, the town in, or, like, the part of Mexico City that it was shot in, uh, but it was shot by, uh, this Mexican filmmaker, uh, Eugenio Polgowski, uh, and it's kind of just, like, he took all this footage of, like, this weird uh, just like this bird that was like sitting on a telephone pole outside their house uh and it's just a lot of him like talking to his daughter about the bird who's just like the birds being weirdly still and then you're like maybe she has an egg but then like another fully grown bird shows up who just like hangs out with her um uh, but anyway, the, the reason that it was shot in 26, t 2017 and is only showing up now is that I, it doesn't necessarily even seem like, like he necessarily, uh, shot it with the idea of it being a film. It was more just like him kind of getting this footage of like spending time with his daughter and then unfortunately he passed away uh later in that year uh so the film was edited by his sister uh and so like it just ends up being very moving to see this guy's relationship with his daughter um and I guess like how his sister her aunt is portraying it um but, like, also, I think it's just, like, pretty pleasant to watch, even without that extra textual layer. Um, mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's just, like, a lot of, like, moments in between of just, like, interesting dogs walking past their apartment or whatever. Um, and, yeah, it's just, like, especially because it's so short, it's, like, 
you know, hard to see it getting much of a release, but, like, hopefully it will show up at least digitally somewhere, and, like, I do think it is worth seeking out when that does happen. Uh, and then, of course, the last thing and best thing that I saw is the new film from Mariano Yinis, of course, director of Los Balnearios, Extraordinary Stories, and La Flor. Uh, all excellent, all oh, kind yeah, of I've weird of <laughs> metafiction, all increasingly long. Uh, but this one is a documentary, uh, though it does have some kind of uh, there are some sort of meta elements to it in just, like, how he does it. Uh, but a documentary that is a normal length, and it kind of has these three threads. They even specifically refer to one of them as a B-plot at one point, which is funny. Uh, but there's this kind of main thing of him gathering these musicians together on Argentinian Independence Day last year uh, to re-record this album uh, called Corsini Sings uh, Blomberg and Maciel, uh, which is also the name of the film. Uh, the album was recorded by this singer, uh, Ignacio Corsini, in 1929. Uh but is about, like, politics during the mid-1800s in Argentina. Uh, so then you have this other thread, which is uh, Yinis, the director, and then Alejo Mogianski, his cameraman, and uh, Pablo de Cal. Uh, uh, they are just kind of, like, arguing about uh, they're, they're in, like, a recording studio later on and are just, like, arguing about the sort of political content of these songs, uh, which is just, like, like, the, you know, towards the beginning, there's a bit where it's just, like, they're playing the song and then we'll just, like, stop every time there's a word that someone might not know. But, like, as it goes on, it's more like them arguing about uh, this, uh, uh, leader in Argentina in the 1840s, mid-1800s, uh, Juan Manuel de Rosas, and, like, arguing about whether or not he was a dictator, and, like, how that, uh, history has been told, uh, which is interesting. It's not history I was aware of, and also just, like, they're doing it in a fun way, like, uh, uh, De Rosas's parties were the party was the Federalists, and, uh, uh, Yinus keeps complaining about the Federalists, and they're like, all right, were you, are you, were you, a, are you, do you align with the Unitarians? Because they weren't so great either, and he's like, no, I am equidistant from the two, and then they finally towards the end, get him to admit, like, well, maybe I lean a little bit towards the Unitarians. Um, uh, but yeah, and then the third, the other thing going on, which is what they refer to as the B story, uh, is that a lot of these songs mention uh, churches in Buenos Aires, so they also are just like, well will go to all these churches and try to get footage of them. And that part of the movie is just 
uh, Yinus and Mandela Harzu uh, arguing in the car. Uh, so yeah, it's just like, it is, it doesn't necessarily formally have a ton in common, certainly with his last two fiction features, uh, Balnearius is like a, almost like a mockumentary, um, but that's also not that similar formally to this, but it is just like similarly kind of playful in his sort of way uh and so yeah just like if you were if he is someone who excites you then uh you should be excited about this too uh it's not even the first movie that he made during the pandemic he did a couple um there was like a quote-unquote short it's like 45 minutes long uh that he just shot in his house during 2020 uh it's been online but i think is tough to uh subtitle because it's a lot of like on-screen poetry uh then he did another thing that's like also a music thing last year that was at uh, that i think maybe deals with similar uh political subject matter too that's like uh adaptation of a play that he co-wrote that played at uh Bafici, uh the big film festival in Buenos Aires that also I don't think has gotten any kind of play uh in the United States so like would be nice to see all of these movies at some point but uh glad that I got a chance to see this one and yeah I think that's all for Rotterdam. We're yeah. gonna close the book on that one for the year. Well, do we know who won the Golden Leopard? No, that's Lacarno. It is the I don't know if it's golden. Um it's called the Tiger Competition. I think you might just win a tiger. Um <laughs> for that real? Was a tiger. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean what you win is uh money. Uh but no. Uh that was a movie called uh Ayami. That uh, was directed by Paz Encina, who had a movie a number of years ago, uh, I think in 2006, actually, in Uncertain Regard, um, called Paraguayan Hammock, uh, that was well-received, and then I think in the interim, she, like, made a documentary that no one really saw, and maybe some shorts, uh, but this is only her second fiction feature uh and was uh pretty well received and i think i might actually uh still be able to maybe we can talk about that more later but yeah and then uh excess will save us which i talked about one one of the honorable mentions and then uh the other movie uh that won an honorable mention um what was it called um uh, it was called To Love Again uh, by Gao Linyang, a uh, Chinese filmmaker. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, I, I, the other one that I, like, heard was very good uh, and was just like, I do not have the bandwidth to watch a three-hour movie on Festival Scope. But then I would imagine, based on the reception, we'll get some sort of play throughout the rest of the year. Uh, it's called The Plains uh, by an Australian director called David E. Steele. 
which I think is like another kind of uh, um, fiction documentary hybrid uh, that is just like based on the director having carpooled with this guy yeah. uh, and I think they just like got together uh, every month for a year and shot a conversation in their car um, I can make a Rotterdam movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We These should just feel... submit the video files of this podcast to Rotterdam. <laughs> <laughs> the French Dacular, at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's fiction element in the Francetacular. Imagine if I had to edit <laughs> the Francetacular into one video. <laughs> you, you could call it a documentary <laughs> fiction hybrid. Yeah. The Francetacular is, of course, a hybrid form. Um, but yeah, uh, we'd love to go to Rotterdam someday. Um, sure. Okay. For the festival. Now where's Rotterdam at, Andy? Um, but yeah, I guess we've got to talk about Berlin now, which is just, like, tough, because, like... We they managed to put on this in-person festival. Uh-huh. There are people there. There are American critics there. But there are not a lot. Um, and, like, a lot of them are just, like, people writing for trades who are just, like, not necessarily the most interesting people to hear about the types of movies that play at Berlin from. Sure. Uh, but and they are have... screening like a few things for critics in their yeah. Like, there's local... some stuff that like some critics got to see the Denis. The I Denis. know, yeah. um, though that is there's like a bigger there's gonna be a bigger critic screening for that next week in advance of the uh, um, rendezvous with French cinema at a uh, film at Lincoln Center. Um, but yeah, like I do. I do at least, like, have this, uh, like, even, like, Screen Daily, which would normally have, like, a poll of, like, international critics, is not doing that this year, uh, but there is a poll just of, uh, it's, like, being run by, like, a German publication, I think, um, but it has, like, critics from, like, a lot of German critics and some critics from other places in Europe or other places. Um, I believe the only American critic uh, is uh, Devika Girish of Film Comment. Uh, but yeah, so that at least, like, give kind of an idea of, like, what a cross-section of reactions to the movie the movies are. I guess we can post a link to the poll. It's a very uh, funny... Uh, rating system that runs from three pluses three pluses to three minuses with a plus minus in the in the middle and it goes uh outstanding strong solid ambivalent lukewarm weak inexcusable which is a great adjective for a film yeah those negatives are quite an escalation we are because like lukewarm i don't even necessarily think of as negative it's just like i feel like lukewarm is just the same as ambivalent yeah Um, but you know 
Um, but yeah, I guess, like, at this point, most of the competition movies have premiered. Um, the Hong Sang-soo film hasn't. Uh, and we'll talk about, I guess we'll talk about that, as well as, like, what we glean from the awards and the reactions to those awards next week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I don't even know what order this is. Uh. I, I so I I mentioned that uh, Mikhail Ayers uh, was a French filmmaker who like had been kind of on the edges of uh, being in one of these international competitions, and he did finally get into Berlin here uh, with this movie uh, uh, with Charlotte Gainsbourg, uh, and it seems like it was a success to put him in. Uh, this kind of bigger slot uh, it's gotten good reception uh, yeah a lot of outstandings on that one no minuses um, uh, Denis Cote has another movie that I think just premiered yesterday that like basically just got the like weird mixed reception that you would expect Denis Cote to get if you put one of his movies in competition. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the theme of this competition is, like, a lot of just, like, mixed reception where, like, it does at least seem like there is some passion. Um, like, that also describes Robe of Gems, uh, the Natalia Lopez film, uh, uh, editor on um, some of Carlos Regatis's films, as well as uh, Yalia Alessandro Alonso uh, making her directorial debut, uh, which is just like, and also Carlos Regatis's rep- partner, and just like got the type of reception that Regatis films usually get. Though I, I don't know that necessarily means it's super similar. Um, and then, like, again, like, Ramini, the Ulrich Seidel, I mean, he just is, like, a controversial filmmaker, and it, you know, it's just, like, I don't think the reception to anything has just felt, like, as loud as maybe normally as it would feel. Like, even the sort of mixed receptions are, like, they don't feel, like, loudly mixed isn't like you don't feel like people are like arguing about it but it's because there's not many people there and it does seem like again like there may there it does seem like there is some passion about these films um one that i think is mostly like gotten pretty positive reception uh and that like i've seen people say like oh this might be one of the golden bear front runners is uh Return to Dust, the Lee Rui Jun movie, uh, I think it's his first movie in a while. Uh, the other movie, which, like, just premiered earlier today, that I've heard this similar things in terms of, like, maybe this is, uh, one of the bare frontrunners, is, uh, Alcaraz, the Carlos Simone film, uh, who is at Berlin in panorama maybe with uh summer 1993 which i never got around to but heard was quite good um yeah i mean like the ozone again it's just like it seems you know it got the reception that ozone movies get but 
less loud. Um, I guess the only movie in competition uh, that has gotten the inexcusable rating, uh, that having been from uh, Jérôme de Estais, uh, is the Isaki Cuesta film uh, One Year, One Night, uh, which stars... Um, Noemi Merlant and um, Noel Biscard Perez, uh, which I think I mentioned when we were previewing the festival, but what uh, I did not uh, come across until after it premiered is that it is about the uh, the Bataclan theater terrorist attack uh, several years ago. Um, and I, th- I think is less about, like, the attack itself than it is about, like, them being two people who are there and kind of, like, how they're dealing with it. Um, yeah, and then it's, like, the Rithy... I mean, like, the last Rithy Pond movie, like, didn't seem like anyone really talked about it at Berlin. So, like, no one has talked about this one either, really. I don't get the impression that people have really made a priority of reevaluating Call Jane. Uh, and then, yeah, the last big thing is uh, the Claire Denis, which uh, is, I guess, maybe the closest to, like, excitement that there has been. Um, yeah, people are loving it. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, our, our, there's yeah. people trying to call it minor Denis already but it's silly to do that at this venture I think um our friend Bilga of course said that it's yes. one of her her best I believe mm-hmm. um but yeah always you know there's always people who are like well this one didn't quite land for me I feel like right? yeah so um, um, many for people for whom uh, none of her films seem to land, and yet they kill, still keep talking about them. Um, that was stupid for me to say. I actually, I have actually thought recently about how like people have been complaining about like, oh, this person, this critic is like, why are you assigning a critic who isn't gonna like this movie? And it's like, well, the whole audience isn't gonna like it, so like. I think it is worthwhile to have dissenting voices just because, like, yeah. some of the audience is going to be that, too. Um, but anyway. Um, yeah. Did you bring up the the, um, the Strickland at all? That was another one where I saw Yeah, like, but, I mean, that, that was wasn't because yeah. I was just going through competition. Sure. But, yes, right, that was yeah. in Encounters and... I mean, just, like, was buzzy because it's Strickland, uh, and seems like it was pretty well-liked. Yeah. Um, It's exciting. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, impossible to tell, like, if the reception will ultimately be more in line with, like, uh, uh, Dukes of Burgundy or In Fabric, but, like, also, we disagree about which of those movies is better, so, like, you know, um, and then, yeah, like, also, the Bonello, I think they programmed those two movies for Encounters, uh, the Bonello and the Strickland, which are, like, the two name filmmakers to premiere on the same day, which is interesting, but, yeah, like, the Bonello also, 
I have heard people being like, oh, this one is really good, uh, which is exciting, because uh, I think, you know, even I was just like, this sounds weird, is do we want to see the Benello uh, Zoom teenager movie, uh, but like, oh, yeah, it sounds like it's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Um, also, to be clear, I feel like we've been skipping over the names of some of these. The Peter Strickland is called Flux Gourmet, which is a great title, and this and the Bonello is Coma. Yes, that's correct. Uh, I don't think it didn't come out until after it was announced for Berlin. I think that uh, uh, Gaspard Ullier, who was going to film a live action movie uh, with Bonello. Uh, does have a voice role in Coma that I guess is unfortunately one of his final, final roles. Um, yeah, I don't know. Has anyone else heard anything? No, there's not clips out for the new Denis. There's clips out. I oh, sure. didn't watch them, but I was tempted. <laughs> <laughs> It seems to be like, uh, I mean, just from the sort of general reaction that it seems to be like a sort of spicier in line with uh, Let the Sunshine In vibe, yes. where it's like a romantic drama, sort of love triangle-y. Mm-hmm. But it's also like playing with like some colonialism stuff, like as she's obviously done with yes. the past, yeah. with white material and chocolate. Yeah. I think it's at least partially set in a country in Africa. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, it is people... kind of just like, yeah, I feel like, you no, know, it's just like, I don't know, I'm not that eager to read about the new Denis, because, like, I just want to see it. Right. Um, yeah. Have we talked well, about the, the, the change, the title change back on the podcast? I don't know. Maybe not. I don't think we have. I mean, like, on our, on our I anticipated see... episode, we called it Both Sides of the Blade. Uh, That's but, right, because it but, yeah. had been, no, we yeah. It fire. No, we called it fire. Yeah, we called it fire okay. on the most anticipated and then, episode. Like, right after that, they were like... But then earlier on the episode, we talked about the Berlin lineup, and we called right. it Both yes. Sides of the Blade, because that's what it was called at Berlin. Uh, but and then, then IFC, IFC was like, we have bought the U.S. rights. It's fire. Um, yeah, it's straight which fire. Just, like, yeah, it's just... <laughs> Which yeah. is just like I think Denis changed the name kind of late right. in the game, and then both sides of the blade is not a translation of the French title, but they were just like I guess we should change. This was I assume the sales agent was like I guess we should change it too, uh, and then uh, IFC was like uh, no, we're uh, it's we like fire better. The title's uh, actually is... uh, four flame emojis is what it is now. <laughs> yeah, I wrote the title. <laughs> uh, but they did say that they're planning on putting it out sometime this summer, uh, which that makes sense. Uh, I feel like I did maybe say this, but maybe not. Uh, why uh, they're showing it at uh, Rendezvous with French Cinema as opposed to holding it for New York Film Festival... Uh, I did at least, I think, speculate on just saying, like, it might make sense to put this out before The right. Stars at Noon is also a thing to contend with, just because that's sure. going to inevitably high, be higher profile. So, 
assuming hey, they listen. actually do that good on them. Hey, listen. Hamaguchi did the opposite, and he thrived due to Hamaguchi just let them both play New York and reaped all the rewards. I mean, sure. But again, like, those are movies of, like, roughly similar profile. Yeah. Um, just, like, one Joel of them is just, and, like, and, uh, You know... Well, they were movies of roughly similar profile yeah. at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I get it. But, uh, yeah. I think I vaguely saw some stuff about Coma and people liking Coma. So I'm excited for Coma. Listen, I was a little yeah, skeptical about the great. pitch. But I like Nocturama, and after thinking about it, I was like, I guess Nocturama's sort of a movie about TikTok teams and what and like <laughs> stuff and people dancing or whatever. So and I would and I, mean, I love yeah. that movie. So maybe... I think I said last week that I saw that like one of the clips is just like a bunch oh, of teenage dope. girls in a Zoom arguing about who the hottest serial killer is. Uh, and yeah, I don't know if I said that uh, the the lead of the film is uh, the same, I guess, one of the leads from uh, Zombie Child, uh, Louise Lebec, I think it is. I don't want to start any drama, but that is some, like... If Nicholas Winding Refn did it, y'all would roll your eyes. <laughs> but because Bonello's doing idiot. it. No, he's that is exactly the I, type it of just thing. it isn't comparable. They are completely they just I there's mean, no world I, in which they do it in the same way. I just wanna make be clear that I rolled my eyes at both of them. Sure. Yeah, sure. I'm rolling my eyes, certainly. But yeah, right. you this is yes. <laughs> I heard that and I was like, hmm, this reminds me of a guy. It doesn't say if he did something that interesting, maybe his and I'm not even saying that's an especially interesting thing to do. I'm just saying his movies are fucking boring. Um Nakarama wishes it had what the neon demon has. Shut up. You're an idiot. (laughs) No, I'm right. And history will look back. No, you are a moron. Um haters stay mad. Haters stay mad, and I stay winning. <laughs> the heat death of the universe will come, and nobody will be on Neon Demon Hive. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the one thing to outlive civilization is the filmography of Nicholas Winding Refn. But Did only we talk post- about that, like, uh, Hideo Kojima, like, tweeted... Maybe you didn't even see this, Colin, that, like, Hideo Kojima tweeted recently, like... I'm filming something with Nicholas Winding Refn. Yeah, of course I saw it. He's right. in Too Old to Die Young. Okay, I'm just saying, it sounds like, unfortunately, he's being allowed to make another thing. Haterade. What if... Yes, I've been sipping on the haterade. Yeah, I hate lots of things. Kojima was on... I mean, Kojima... First of all, I like the work of Nicholas Winding Refn... Surviving the apocalypse. That might just literally be what Death Stranding is about. Second of all, uh, I think Kojima was saying that he was filming that like through Zoom, through on distance. So what if it's Kojima <laughs> literally talking about which is the hottest serial killer? <laughs> I mean, look, that might be something he has opinions on. Maybe we'll get. Maybe they'll make exactly the same movie, and we'll finally get the one-to-one comparison. Yeah. Yeah, they should do the next season of uh, 
the chair that short-lived stars series where the, the two people took the same script and made a movie they should do that but with bertrand Bonello and nicholas whiting <laughs> <laughs> all right i think i've had enough yeah we should probably end the episode i yeah um great uh do the end spiel jesse Yep, you can follow us on Twitter at Can I Kick It on Letterboxd at C I K I Pod. Uh, you can email us at Can I Kick It Pod at Gmail dot com. All lowercase. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you write in, we'll uh, address uh, any questions or concerns within reason. You can reach me on any of those platforms at JP Glick we- JCP Glick Weber. Uh, I don't think I want to plug anything. Wow. Great. Uh, my name's Andy. You can find me online at Andy T. Germ, uh, whatever platform you wish. Uh, if you like the show and like what we're doing and want to support us, you can donate to our coffee, ko-fi.com slash can I. Uh, if you become a recurring donor uh, on a monthly basis, you'll be entered into the pool to be chosen to pick an episode, a movie for us to talk about on an episode, for us to build an episode around. Uh, first drawing of that coming soon. Um, or, yes. You know, yeah. Sometime. And thanks to everyone. Uh, uh, is uh, thanks to everyone who donates to us. We really appreciate it. Uh, for a personal plug. Um, I've been really enjoying uh, Peacemaker on HBO Max, the uh, James Gunn uh, Suicide Squad spinoff series. I w- did not have super high expectations, and I think it's really fun and clever and uh, exciting. And the finale has aired uh, yesterday as this episode drops. So check it out. Emilio. Colin. Colin. <laughs> yeah, Colin, I'll go. Colin. You don't mind. <laughs> um, follow us on Instagram. We're at C-I-K-I-Pod. Um, follow me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Clatchley, C-L-A-T-C-H-L-E-Y. And I gotta plug my best friend's wedding. <laughs> what a stunning movie in every regard. Hilarious, beautiful, like incredibly well-directed. Who knew PJ Hogan had the juice like that? And... Uh, Julie Roberts is like the best in the biz. Uh, it's yeah, they sing Aretha Franklin and it's hilarious and it's just magical. Crazy great movie. My best friend's wedding. Easy five bagger. Emilio. You can follow me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone and you can follow me on Letterbox at I Laugh Alone. Uh, what am I going to plug this week? This week I am going to plug the film. Let's go with the film Paris, Texas, which I finished watching recently, and it's just great. It's like one of those classic things where everybody says it's great, and then you watch it, and they're like, it's great. It looks gorgeous. Shout out to the god Robert Mueller, and uh, some great performances in it. Um, our theme song is by Tree Related. You can find them at soundcloud.com slash Related. Search tree related on Spotify. And the final thing is, I wasn't on last week, so I couldn't fulfill like a donor request. I mean, it was partially fulfilled in that everybody stated that they know SIG, 
but the other half of that donation request was that I plug her letterbox, which is at the girl named Sig. And I guess I also have to say I know her. So I do. And with that, I think we're good. Yeah, I'd like to release the audience. Bye. 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 Bye.